What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Latinally, the podcast that is untamed, uncensored, and unapologetic. Thank you for tuning in this Friday. So happy to have you here. Um, so today's episode is all about my birth story, one that I have been asked to share over and over and over and over again, and uh, it's finally here. So. On my personal Instagram, after I gave birth, I, you know, shared some things and I got so many DMs on what I was sharing and everyone just wanted to know my story. So especially since I was so open on my personal Instagram about my pregnancy and then I just like didn't share my birth story. But we are finally here and I'm here to tell you. Um, But, you know, when I was pregnant, so many people would tell me they're birth story I mean it was like they always always was sharing and I heard that they loved their c-sections I heard crazy vaginal stories I heard crazy inductions I heard I heard my god I heard I heard so many (laughs) so many different stories um and you know giving birth is always traumatic even if it is easy Um, and you know, I will say that if you are pregnant or you're trying to get pregnant or you want to have a baby, um, and you're a first time mom, you should look up positive birth stories because when you're a first time mom, all of this is new. You don't really know what a contraction feels like. You don't know what your mucus plug looks like you don't know what your water breaking feels like I mean and some moms who have like 17 kids have never felt that before so you know it's just good to over read in that sense especially if it's all positive because when you go into labor all you have is your sanity and your mind and (laughs) trust me you're gonna need it so look up some positive birth stories and I promise it'll make you feel so much better um because that's what I did and during the entire time that I was pregnant I don't know I was always of course giving birth vaginally is scary um and I was told by so many different people that the c-section is better oh I had women telling me I love my c-sections so the whole time that I was pregnant I kind of was like damn I think I want to have a c-section and I mean I was cool with both but I didn't want to elect to have a c-section if I didn't need it and I was just gonna basically like thug it out with a vaginal birth if I had to um you know but there's an option where I think I could have elected to have one um with no medical need or whatever anyway that's how I felt the majority of the time that I was pregnant because I was scared I was I was a little scared and truthfully it wasn't that I was scared I, I was afraid I was afraid for a number of reasons. One of the reasons I was afraid was once we finally get to the act of pushing, I'm not going to be able to push him out. Um, I don't know. I was always I was afraid of forceps. I was afraid of, you know, interventions. I was afraid of a bunch of different things. And then I was also afraid about. Um, really, I was just afraid if I could do it or not. That's truly what I was afraid about. I wasn't really afraid about the pain or anything like that. I was just. You know, but some women, they get so terrified of just even the pain alone that they like to have a C-section. So anyway, the majority of the time that I was pregnant, I was I was going back and forth with this. And I was I got to a point where I was pretty OK with whatever I you know, whatever happened. 
until um, I was in, uh, I think I was in my eighth month or no. Yes, I was in my eighth month about to go into my ninth and uh and I think I was already nine months I was nine months yes I was in the middle of my ninth month yes because you don't really give birth until you're about to go into your tenth month um and I went to the doctor and I don't know for some reason my son felt um sideways like he didn't feel or he felt like diagonal he didn't feel head down and at the time when I had gone to the doctor I was already like 35 weeks pregnant and um, at that point, he should have been head down. Some babies turn and flip right before, you know, you give birth. So, but in my reading, the baby should have been head down. And I went and I felt that my son was sideways, which is also called transverse. And, um, you know, when I had gone to the doctor, you know, I said to my doctor, I was like, hey, listen, like, I think he's sideways. And my doctor was like, you know, I think you're right. You know, your m- mother's intuition is always probably correct. And he confirmed that he did feel by the way that, you know, all of, his you know his head and his ass and his feet that he was in fact sideways um and of course I had to get an ultrasound done to confirm and and you know um I could have done the um external maneuvering to like turn him and stuff but up until I had to make that decision after you know up until my ultrasound I was kind of put into a corner that I needed to have a c-section and I didn't like it um you know because if your baby is transverse. There's no way to get them out other than a C-section. You can't push a baby who's already sideways in your belly. Um, so I was um, getting ready to prepare myself to have a C-section and I didn't like it. And I was like, you know what? No, because when I felt that I didn't really have an option to choose, I did not like it at all. And I was like, okay, no, I want to have him vaginally. I don't want a C-section. And I drove my exercises. I, I, I bounced on the ball. I went upside down. I did turns. I did flips. I, I did everything you could possibly think of to get my son to, to turn. And he did. And it was right before my husband's birthday on the 27th that um, I found out my son had gone head down and he flipped. And I was very happy. And, uh, <coughs> and until the like very end of my pregnancy I had had like Braxton Hicks from the time I was like six months all the way to the time I gave birth they were very sporadic at first and then it was the week actually it was the week of August 30th and at that point I was so ready for my son to make his grand uh, entrance into the world because I was in so much (laughs) I was in so much pain the pregnancy insomnia paired with my sciatic, paired with my pelvic pain, paired with the fact that I couldn't even move. It was not fun. It was, oh my God, it was awful. I couldn't even breathe at certain in, in certain positions when I'm laying in bed because my son was so big. My belly just took over my entire body. And so I said to my husband, um, listen, there are ways for me to get him out by myself, you know, bouncing on the ball and what have you, but you can be a really big help. And in my tons of research that I did while I was pregnant, I found out that um, semen has a protein or whatever that is the same thing. It does the same thing as Pitocin and they give you Pitocin to soften up your cervix and help you dilate. Same thing as in male sperm. 
So I said to my husband, let's go. And also too, like when you're opened up and the pelvis, it gives, you know, you get to open up in a lot of different ways and whatever. Anyway, having sex does help a lot. <laughs> How the baby was made is a very good way to get the baby out. So <clears throat> I was like, okay, so the week of the August 30th is after my husband's birthday. I put my husband to work and he very well succeeded multiple times. And it was great because um, it was great. I felt fantastic. I mean, also, also too, I mean, you're so fucking uncomfortable that you just need a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of, uh, <laughs> of a release, you know? Um, anyway, so it's the week of the 30th and you know, my husband and I, the last, you know, we had sex and like two days later, I was still feeling like, like a discharge kind of, which is very strange because that had never happened before. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's so weird. And so I called my mom and my mom was like, well, you know, is it like your mucus plug? I was like, I don't really know. Because I, I'm a first time mom. I don't know what that shit looks like. And I mean, I could look it up, but I don't, I mean, it looks different for everybody. Sometimes it's bloody. Sometimes it's just white. And I'm like, I don't, I have no fucking idea. I don't know what the fuck this looks like. And my mom was like, well, you don't want it to be your amniotic fluid on a leak. And I was like, what? And so basically you can puncture a hole in the sack and it can slowly leak. Well, if that happens, that means that you're somewhat dilated. And that also means that there's a huge risk for infection. Anyway, after my mother and my mother-in-law said that to me, um, my mother actually had come over to my house that day. So this was September 1st. And my mom was like, listen, call the doctor, go to the hospital, just make sure everything is okay. I said, okay, fine. And she goes, pack your bags. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And my mom was already here, so I didn't have to really worry about Daya too much. And um, I packed, you know, we were somewhat packed. I mean, I was only like at this point, like 37 weeks pregnant. I was missing little things like a, like my robe or like my toiletries and stuff that I use every day. Anyway, so we get to the hospital. Oh, and it was such fantastic timing because there was a huge storm coming. So we go to the hospital and I was there until like, I want to say like 11 o'clock at night. Um, and they confirmed that I was about a centimeter dilated. I was having contractions, but I couldn't really feel them too much. I mean, I felt something, it was a little discomfort. It wasn't anything, you know, it wasn't anything crazy. Um, you know, they put me on the monitor and, you know, my husband's pacing back and forth and, um, and, uh, funny enough, who set me up in my hospital bed? is my husband's cousin, Kayla, who just gave birth to her son. Um, so congratulations. Um, and, uh, so she's getting me ready and she's like walking me through everything. She has now three children. And so she's kind of like talking me through it and how to, you know, breathe or whatever, because if, you know, if my water did break and it's on a slow leak, I'm not leaving the hospital. Duh. So they did an ultrasound and, um, you know, to check if I, if my water had broke and, um, you know, another cervical check and a bunch of other different things. And so we were there for a long time. Oh my gosh, we were there for such a long time. And, um, you know, so I don't, I forget, I forget what time it was, but 
my mother had called freaking out because all the lights in my house had gone off and (laughs) it was monsooning outside and I was like well I don't really know what to do to help you because I might be giving birth today I don't really know I I don't know I don't know um so anyway after all of the tests and all the monitoring and all that stuff um you know I was discharged because my water was not broken it was just my husband still I guess you know flowing out of me or whatever and we got home and I was still having you know contractions and stuff so it wasn't but again it wasn't terrible like it wasn't like mind-blowingly bad and then my basement flooded so that was fantastic and the next day on September 2nd I had my prenatal checkup which was fantastic because I could talk to my doctor about everything and you know my mom came with me to the appointment because my husband had to HVAC the (laughs) the basement because it was completely flooded and um it was during my appointment with my doctor um, that, you know, my he said that he looked at two ultrasounds. One, the ultrasound that confirmed that my son had flipped and the other ultrasound from the night before. And he basically said that his weight is accurate, that he was like, you know, right around a little over eight pounds. And... um that he felt that he was too big and I said okay well what does that mean is my you know is my son big all around or is it just his belly like is he chunky or whatever he was like well his shoulders and his belly seem pretty big and I'm afraid that he can get stuck you know his head is fine and his head can exit but I don't think he'll progress and I said okay well what if his head is you know in my canal and he's not moving he said well then we will need to intervene and I said, okay, and, and what does that mean? Like, what do you do? He said, well, that's really the most important question here, isn't it? And I was like, okay. Now, mind you, my doctor, I love my doctor. My doctor was one of, is one of the best in my area. And so, and he, he actually delivered my husband and all of his siblings. Um, so he's been doing this for over 30 years. So I trusted, I trust him. And I said, you know, so what does this mean? And he was like, well, that's the very, you know, that's the most important question. He said, because if your son's head is in your canal and he's, you know, and whatever, and he's not progressing, then we would have to, you know, intervene and use maneuvers to get him out. And I said, okay. He goes, well, there are a lot of risks, but the most common, you know, that probably would happen is that we would have to use certain maneuvers that could break your son's collarbone and his arm and he could lose all function in his arm if it doesn't heal correctly so obviously my face turned white (laughs) and uh, my lips turned blue and I was completely frozen and I was just like well that's not fucking happening so I guess we're gonna have a c-section then I said, well, what do you recommend? He goes, this is one of those times where I can't make this decision for you. He said, because we can do a C-section and once we perform the surgery and he is here in the world, you can look at him and I can look at him and tell you he could have easily be, be he could have been pushed out and his proportions could have been perfect. And I don't want you to regret your decision. And I said, well, if you're that confident that something like that can happen, even if it's a 0.5% of a risk, 
you're going to cut me open. This is one of those times where it's no longer about me. And yeah, sure, going under the knife, it is risky. No C-section surgery is easy. There's always something that comes with it. I mean, it's, it's surgery. It's, it's major surgery. I think, what, like seven layers of me are cut open. But at that point, when it comes to my son, and you're going to break my son's arm. Are you out of your fucking mind? No, you're going to cut me open. And truthfully, it's easy. It's, it's easy. It was the easiest decision. And that's why I had a C-section. And, you know, I scheduled it for September 7th. And um, that was really it. You know, my mom agreed with me. My doctor at the end, he was like, I really think that you made a really good decision. And I was like, I feel it too. You know, and of course my son came out perfect and I didn't need the C-section and I could have pushed him out. But that's not what matters. What matters is there was no way. You know what I mean? Like in my mind, there was absolutely no way. So I was like, okay, the seventh, you know, and when I had gone to my doctor's office, September 2nd, I think I was like a seven, a centimeter and a half dilated. And, you know, so this, uh, you know, September 2nd, I took a COVID test. I scheduled all my pre-surgical screenings and I was already pre-registered at the hospital because of the night before when I was admitted. And basically, I just had to go for my pre-screenings the next day on September 3rd and, you know, make sure everything was set for surgery on September 7th. You know, my mom came, you know, we came home. I told Victor about everything and, you know, he was supportive in my decision. And, um, you know, I told him that that means that I need you tenfold, like the way I needed you vaginally. I'm going to need you. I'm not going to be able to do anything. And, you know, he was he completely understood and he was, you know, all game and ready to go. And I was like, okay. You know, then I guess we'll just enjoy Labor Day weekend and, you know, we'll have our son on the 7th. So my mom was like, okay, you know, I'll be back on the 7th. And I was like, okay, mom, you know, she left. Victor and I went to bed. And then he woke up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work. And of course, my pregnancy insomnia, I was already up. And so he left for work and I was in bed shopping. You know, I bought a new rope and extra slippers and, you know, a belly band and all this other C-section stuff that helps you feel better, a new pillow. And and as I'm laying in bed, I, you know, I'm feeling my son. He's moving and I'm talking to him and I'm looking at some new outfits for him when all of a sudden I feel like this in my belly, like a pop. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. That's never happened before. Maybe he moved certain way. I don't know. I thought maybe he broke a rib. I don't know. And then about 10 minutes later, I'm I'm, I'm still laying in bed. I feel like this gush coming out of me. Slight, kind of like a little, it felt like a bubble almost. And I went, that's interesting. So I stood up to go use the restroom and my water broke all over my bedroom floor. <laughs> so that was at like 6 a.m. And of course, I immediately start to have a panic attack. <laughs> I completely start to lose my mind because I'm alone. And uh, my husband had just gone to work. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to have a baby today. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? So I go to the bathroom 
And as I'm about to use the restroom, clean myself up a little bit, it poured out again. I saw my mucus plug. I saw everything. And then I had my first contraction as I'm calling my husband and telling him to come home. I called my dad because he was my go-to guy. He didn't pick up because it was six o'clock in the morning. I called my mother and she didn't pick up. So I called my stepdad and he picked up. So I was able to talk to my mom and tell her that my water broke and she was she was immediately so upset because she had left the night before and she was like I knew I knew I should have stayed with you and she's like I knew something was gonna happen and I was like well we're here now so what the fuck am I gonna do and she goes okay well who's coming to get you that's number one I said well I tried to call dad and whatever I said but you know um I said but I'm gonna call the hospital first you know and so I called the hospital doctor said come in I said okay mind you I'm running around like a mad woman because Then I, you know, on September 1st, when we had gone to the hospital, I had realized so many things that I had forgotten at home for our stuff. So I'm trying to make sure we have all our bags packed. I have to make sure Daya has her bag packed because she can't stay. You know, one's here to watch her. And, you know, so I'm I'm running around all over the place. I'm literally gushing amniotic fluid all over my house because I'm I'm holding a tissue in between my legs because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And, um, And I'm running around completely naked. Right. And I'm anyway. And then I remembered that my smarty pants self, because I thought I was going to deliver vaginally. Well, I, you know, anyway, I had bought diapers. So I slapped on a diaper, put on a robe and I got my stuff together. And as this is happening, contractions are coming. I think like every 10 minutes, like every 10 minutes or so, because that's how it kind of felt. And they were short. And so, but again, I, I couldn't time it because I was trying to get my life together and no one was here with me. And so I had my mother-in-law calling me. And as I'm on the phone with my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law calls. She was like, I'm on my way to get you. I was like, thank God. <laughs> so I call my mom. I tell her that my sister-in-law is coming to get me. My husband called me. He was like, who's coming to get you? I said, your sister. He was like, Okay. So I hang up with everybody. I'm running around. I'm running around getting my bags together. Um, you know, my mom calls me and just stays on the phone with me. Um, just talks me through everything. Cause again, I'm alone and I'm in labor and, um, you know, I was like, she's like, okay, well, what are you doing now? Like, how do you feel? I said, you know, right now I'm okay. I said, you know, my contractions are coming and I was like, but, um, I have to get dressed. And I was, I was just going to put on some leggings or sweatpants or something. She was like, Kaya put on a dress. I was like, okay, so I go, I put on a quick dress and I'm still running around like a mad woman loading the bags into my car or our car so that when my husband comes home, he can take our car that has the car seat in it and all the bags and he can just come to the hospital. So running around, I'm like, okay, so as the time gets closer, it's now closer to like seven o'clock, a little past seven o'clock. My sister-in-law comes and the contractions are really coming and I'm trying to I'm, I'm I'm breathing and I'm holding it together and everything is pretty good and I mean thank god for my four-year-old nephew kicking the back of my chair because all of my labor was in my back like all my contractions in my back so him kicking my chair felt like a beautiful gorgeous deep tissue massage that I needed because it was giving me such such relief so when you have contractions, make sure someone is either punching or pushing into your back. 
pushing into your back if you're having contractions in your back because oh my god and of course my sister-in-law is driving and yelling at everybody on the road and oh my god and she uh so she's you know making our way to the hospital which thank god i only live like seven to ten minutes away from our house from the hospital um anyway so she's you know driving we were driving around and and we finally get to the hospital and as we're on our way there i get a notification that my husband comes home i think my husband got home in 45 minutes it usually takes him like an hour and 10 minutes to come home from work um so we go to the emergency room my husband's there um he had everything ready for our sitter to pick up day to go to her house and everything was set and uh you know my contractions they're still coming it's like and it's like my thing is I couldn't time them so I have no idea at this point how far apart they are but all I knew was once I got a moment of relief it was like another one it was it was awful but it was manageable and uh while I was you know pregnant I said to my husband listen if I go into late you know when I go into labor make me laugh like early labor you know what I'm saying where contractions are a little uncomfortable whatever make me laugh take my mind off of it and that's what he was doing my husband really held me down and he was calm like kind of like serial killer calm almost <laughs> like you could tell he was going through something but he was, he was trying to stay calm and cool and collected and um so we get to the emergency room we get to you know the the delivery room and you know my husband's making me laugh I get dressed in my gown I take off everything and um, you know, my husband's got the bags and, you know, the whole nine. And then the nurse comes in and she's asking how I'm doing and she's plugging me up and all these different things and, um, took off my diaper, of course, cause I'm still leaking everywhere. Um, putting my IV on and, you know, the whole nine and hooking me up to the monitors. And she's like, are you feeling these? I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling them. And she goes, okay. Cause they're like, they're really big contractions. I'm like, yeah, they, they don't, this is not starting to feel good anymore and so she goes okay so I see here we're having a c-section why and I said I gave her the reason because of my doctor she goes okay so the doctor who ended up doing my c-section Dr. Roman he comes in and he says why are we doing a c-section you're not medically at risk and I was like when I told him the reason I was like because you know my doctor Dr. Anderson said da 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 and so Dr. Roman was like say no more we he prepped he was like let's get the OR ready and um you know we were just sitting there waiting and talking to the nurse and you know the thing was I have to tell you I really think I blacked out because I don't know there were so many fucking people coming in and out of that room I had some the nurse asked me if a student can watch her put the IV in me and then some other bullshit I have no idea I have no idea all I know is there were so many people in that fucking room and I couldn't see anybody. Like, I knew there were people in the room because of all the chit-chat and all the bullshit. But my contractions were coming so close together that I literally, I was like, yo, this is bullshit. Like, I, I'm gonna, I'm, like, this is crazy. It became so bad that my husband tried to come up and tell me a joke. And that motherfucker was not funny. Every time my husband opened his mouth, it kind of, I looked at him, I was like, why is he talking to me right now? I was like, is he really speaking? Like, I was like, why are you talking? 
I was like, I need to concentrate. I need to breathe. And you're really diverting my focus. Like once your contractions hit a level where you mentally, you become violent, you need to focus because this is like no fucking joke anymore. Okay. And I mean, it was just crazy. And the anesthesiologist then finally came in because I'm sitting there and I'm wondering, I'm like, yo, how long y'all going to have me? You're like, you know, I'm in labor. Like, like this is not like I'm scheduled and I came here. I'm in labor. Like I'm having contractions. Like I'm in pain. And I'm like, y'all really taking your sweet fucking time with this shit. So, you know, right before the anesthesiologist came in, I felt like feverish and I felt this you know when you really have to take a poop and this burning feeling comes over your body like you start to sweat because if you don't take a poop if you don't go to the bathroom you're gonna shit on yourself that's what I felt and I'm grabbing my husband's hand and I said um babe I need to take a shit and he was like what I was like honey either I need to take one of the biggest dumps of my life or that's your son's head trying to push out of my vagina. We need to hurry up because I cannot do this anymore. I was like, I need to push. So something has to give. Like, I need to push him out. I want to push him out so badly. And he was like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah. Come on. Anesthesiologist comes in. He decides to make a joke. He was like, oh, you know, you're in good hands. I just learned how to do this last night on YouTube. And I thought, motherfucker, now is not the time to make a fucking joke. He was like, do you mind if my student, I said, I don't give a fuck. I was like, I don't care. Just let's sign this goddamn paperwork. Okay. Let's sign the paperwork. Get me on the table enough. He's, you know, talking to me. I can't even hear a fucking word he's saying. I couldn't even write my, I couldn't even sign my name because that's how how much pain I was in. I was like, if y'all don't hurry up, I'm going to end up pushing because (laughs) I don't don't know what to tell you. He's coming. (laughs) So he was like, okay, do you have any questions for me? I was like, yeah. Can we hurry up? Can we do this now? He goes, well, that's what I'm doing. I was like, okay, great. Get the fuck out the room. Go. Like, come on. Anyway. Then the nurse, the lovely, lovely nurse, so apologetic, said, I saved the best for last. Because at this point, she already did the IV, poked me, prodded me. She fucking took blood from me. I had needles all over me, in me, around me, whatever. Well, then she had to put in my catheter. Um, let me tell you something. That shit. Yeah. Between that, my spinal tap and my contractions, I have no idea which one was worse. Put, listen, listen, that catheter had to be one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever gone through in my life. Like the contractions were painful. The spinal tap burned and the, the, the catheter, I mean, I got to tell you that catheter took the cake. I couldn't, I, at that point I couldn't even function. I was like, this is bullshit. And then the psychopaths had the nerve to say, okay, the OR is ready. You want to walk? I was like, you want me to walk? I can't even, I can't, I have to push. I have to, I have to go to the bathroom. They were like, no, you don't. I was like, yeah, I do. Okay. This urge to use the bathroom, it was awful. Oh God, it was awful. 
So anyway, they had to hammock, uh, like a pad underneath me, like one of those big ass pads that you lay on when you're giving birth because I was still leaking amniotic fluid. Fantastic. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, walking around with the IV walking around in with the catheter because the OR was right down the hallway. So literally I think it would have taken more time to bring up a wheelchair and wheel me in there than it would have been to walk myself. So yes, I walked my ass into the fucking OR. And as I'm walking into surgery, this fucking lady comes up to me. She goes, do you mind if our students watch? I was like, bitch, bring everybody. I don't give a fuck. Okay. I said, listen, you want to bring your fucking mom, your dad, your student, your cousin. I don't give a shit. Bring whoever you want. You have my fucking consent. Stop asking me questions, please. Please stop asking me questions. Like I just need, I need my son to get here. So they had my husband wait in the um, recovery room with our stuff and he was fully scrubbed up in the whole nine and so, uh, so I get into the room and the OR is just as terrifying as everybody has ever told me. And, um, just like the movies and, uh, it was time to do the spinal tap, which was, uh, fucking awful. It is just as terrible as everyone says it is. And I was thinking, it's like, you know, when you, it's like, you know, when you're going to go through something really fucked up, but you physically have no choice but to do it. So you kind of have to just, you kind of have to just dug it out, really. That's exactly what I had to do. Now, in addition to my water still breaking, my contractions now were coming one after another, after another, after another. So at that point, I was like, Let's get it on because I cannot anymore. Thank God for my doctor, Dr. Roman, literally hugging me as I hunched my face into his chest for them to put the spinal tap in my back. And he was walking me through everything, telling me everything that was going to happen. And the anesthesiologist student, he's the one who did it. He was the bomb. Okay. He was like, okay, you're going to feel a burn. Yo. That shit felt like you poured hot metal into my back. Okay. Molten level, uh, molten level, molten metal into my fucking back. That's how hot it felt. And then it was a shooting fucking pain in my spine. And then my entire left side shook. Okay. Like it twitched. And then he said, where did you feel that? I said, my left side. He goes, okay. Then he took the fucking needle and moved it. And then he did my right side. So then my right side twitched. He was like, did you feel that on your right side? I was like, yes. He goes, okay, we're all set then. I'm like, we're done. And mind you, it felt like fucking shit. Okay. So it wasn't like it was short. It was just like, anyway. And then all of a sudden, my contraction stopped. And then I felt like this gigantic bulbous whale I felt like flubber I felt like fucking wet thick rubber okay I felt like a walrus like a whale that's how your body feels you literally feel like water oh my god it was awful and the fact that I could not feel anything from my chest down to my toes had to be the worst feeling on the planet okay so 
they're all talking. I'm completely numb now. I am full-blown naked in front of all of these fantastic people. Thank God I got a wax. Thank God I got a wax. Okay, if you are pregnant and you have never been waxed, please get a wax done. Because if you don't get a wax before you go into labor or you're about to whatever, try to plan it, try to time it perfectly. Because if you have to do a C-section, they will shave you and they will botch your shit up. Okay, but beautifully enough, I had gotten a wax done like four or five days before I went into labor. So it was fantastic. Um... Anyway, I hear them all talking and they're like, God speed everyone. And I'm like, wait a minute. Um, where the fuck is my husband? Y'all ain't cutting nobody open. So I hear my doctor go get dad. Somebody go get dad. Victor comes in. He's asking me how I am. I was like, I'm okay. Whatever, whatever. And they're like, okay, we're ready to begin. I tell you one thing. It was... 918 and I heard my son cry. <laughs> I even though I could not like physically move, I don't think I would have ever been able to physically move. And he was like, "All right." And I couldn't really see him at first, but I mean, they lifted him up pretty high so I was able to see him and and they said okay daddy come look and Victor literally looked up as far as the curtain went and that was it because he didn't want to see me (laughs) he wanted to see me get open so they brought him over to me and I saw him and then you know they had to bring him over to the pediatrician so that they could look at him and um and they're like okay daddy and then you know Victor didn't want to leave me but he wanted to you know go look at our son and they were like wait where's your phone you have a picture you know we can take a picture and Victor had left his phone in the recovery room and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll go get it. <laughs> but uh, on his way back in, they he saw them stitching me back up. <laughs> he almost fainted. In the <laughs> he almost fainted in the uh, in the OR. And um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, after that, you know, Victor held our son and I was rolled into recovery and my um my blood pressure was uh, pretty low so i had to wait till my you know they had to wait till it um came up and um you know they gave me a sponge bath and you know i was my toes were starting to come back to me and um you know i was freezing that's what i remember i was shaking i was so cold and my son was also cold so they put him under the heat lamp so he can get warm and um, and then they, uh, and then they put him on my chest so he can breastfeed for the first time. So he like found his way over to me, which was fantastic. It was the best. Um, I remember they put like this big hero six outfit on me so that I could warm up. Um, yeah. And then, uh, they rolled me into our room after I f- warmed up and after my uh, blood pressure went back up again. Um, and the students were like, thanks for letting us watch. I was like, yeah, no fucking problem. (laughs) No fucking problem. Okay. As I'm walking into the OR, clenching, doing fucking Kegels to keep my son in. Um, (laughs) um, and then, you know, I will, I rolled into the, uh, 
into the room and our, our room and that was it. Nine eighteen, my son was born on September third. And it was my birth story was as crazy as I never thought I was gonna be. It was as crazy as I never thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to have like some fucking normal, oh, crazy, oh, go to the hospital and shit. But I never, ever anticipated I would literally have to physically clench my vagina to hold my son's head from coming out of my body. And, you know, it's just. And obviously, once I saw him, I realized that he was perfect and I could have pushed him. And, um. (laughs) and uh it was just it was crazy it was just crazy to me that you know he was here like I couldn't even honestly nothing else really mattered anymore and uh you know it was just I don't know a speechless moment. I couldn't even breathe. I couldn't even handle it, you know? And I tell you one thing, being in the hospital, all you want to do is leave the hospital and go home. But I will tell you this to all the women who love their C-sections, please kudos to you. I applaud you. I clap for you, but I'm telling you right now, the things I would do differently are this. And by the way, the ultrasound weight was completely true. But the proportions of my son, now that he's here, I can see why they felt that his belly was big. But after seeing him, I now know that my body will create a baby that is perfect for my for my body. And, uh, you know, now for next time, I know exactly what to look for. I know how to f- I know what to feel. Oh, and that whole thing. And I. That whole thing about you don't remember what a contraction feels like, that's bullshit. I, I think you don't remember the pain of if you're not medicated, if like you physically pull, pushing out a child, that pain. I don't think you remember that pain, but a contraction, I remember what the fuck that feels like. <laughs> I don't know how you forget something like that. But the act of pushing out the baby, yes, I, I do know that some, and I know my mom doesn't remember. And I know that after she had me, she said she doesn't remember what it felt like. Um. Anyway. But I'm going, I am totally fine with my decision. Recovery was one of the worst fucking things I've ever gone through in my life. If you listen to last week's episode, you know that I, you know that I, my recovery was like a good two weeks where I've truly felt good again. I caught a terrible rash from the oxycodone that I was taking. I couldn't physically fucking move. I couldn't pick up my son. I couldn't do anything. But, and the second day you feel like you got hit by a fucking bus. You had this constant burning in your incision. But it's, you know, and of course I still feel some sensitivity or whatever. But honestly, like, I know what going into labor feels like. I know what going through labor up until the point I have to push feels like. I know what it feels like. And it's one of it's it's, it's it's the craziest thing to even have gone through a C-section because now I know I can do both. Do I want to have another C-section? There's no fucking way. Oh my 
God, Lord, bless me for that. I never have to have another C-section again, please. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. Like I can't even, I, anyway, Lord Jesus have mercy on me because there's no fucking way I would ever want to go through that again. But I went through it. I'm proud of my decision. I'm happy with my decision. And also, too, the reason I had to go through a C-section was because once I signed over the paper on September um, 2nd to have a C-section, there was no backing out because they have everything paid for already in the whole nine. So, um, but I didn't know. I didn't know that, you know, and now that I know, I mean, his belly could have been squished and his, they pull this, you know, they do something with the shoulders and his shoulders kind of can go in, but his shoulders were perfect. Basically, what I'm saying was the ultrasound predicted his weight to the T, but his proportions were completely wrong. Completely wrong. And I could have pushed. But hopefully in the future, when I'm able to do a VBAC, vaginal birth after C-section, um, I can tell you another diff- you know, another birth story. But I'm happy that I, you know, and I, you know, after I have my VBAC, I can confidently say I have given birth both ways but having a c-section doesn't mean I didn't give birth having a c-section is fucking awful and if you feel differently then I applaud you but there's it's one of the most it's one of the worst fucking things I've ever gone through in my life (laughs) I'm not even kidding but I would do it a thousand times over again because I have my son and you know it's just and I never thought my story was going to be crazy. And I've heard crazier ones and I've heard non-crazier ones. But it's really just, it's really amazing what we go through to have our children. And like I said, I would do it over again. But yeah, so that's my birth story. And um, my son just turned three months on December 3rd. And I am completely in love. He's actually awake from his nap right now. So I'm going to go get him. Um, and I appreciate you all for listening to me. Um, I appreciate you all wanting to know so much about my birth story and how I had him and the whole nine. And I just, you know, I'm really grateful for all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope to, uh, I hope you guys come back next week. (laughs) If, uh, you haven't already follow us on our Instagram, let the Millie podcast on Instagram. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, or you want to chit chat, you can email me at let the Millie podcast on gmail.com. You can listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you all once again. I'm Kairos. This is Latinelli, and I'll see you next week. Bye.